Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with the show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I break down the Bengals' victory that gave the Chiefs an amazing eighth straight AFC West title. But Joe, before we get into the Chiefs, I want to rely on your expertise as far as lining up in it as an eligible receiver because um, we've got to discuss the end of that Lions-Cowboys game. Everyone's talking about that ending uh, on Saturday night where the it seemed like the Lions had won the game by converting the two-point conversion, and they uh, ruled otherwise. Joe, you caught four touchdowns as an offensive lineman. What is the process like when you report as eligible? Yeah, Jeff. No, you know, I was watching that. Well, first of all, I was so excited for a thick six, right? I mean, a nice big man, tutty, so to speak, even though it was a two-point conversion. Um but it was really nice to see, you know, Lyman out there doing their thing. And I was so excited. I was like, you know, of course, I'm an Eagles fan, too, because I live in Philadelphia and uh-huh. grew up here. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, Dallas just lost. And like that was that's always a big thing for, you know, for a Chiefs fan. That's like when the Raiders lose. You don't care who they were playing. Right. As long as the Raiders lose. And, you know, to see Dallas lose like that I was like, oh, so exciting. And then all of a sudden, you know, the flags come up and 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 I said, no way it can't be it can't be anything to do with the eligible, you know, eligibility thing. And uh-huh. it was, I was so surprised. And, you know, I started, you know, my first gut reaction was like, Oh my God, how did he not report? Like, how does that happen? Like, you know, apparently Decker was not a guy that had, had really reported much. So it was the, it was the other tackle, right? Number seven, who did most of the reporting this year. And, you know, to me, it was like, you know, Coach Schottenheimer, number one, would have, he probably would have benched me, right? If I would have ever gotten caught doing that because it was something he drilled into my head. Practice. He used to make me go up to somebody and practice and report eligible. He'd say, just find a coach and go up and report eligible just so you get in the pattern of doing it. So, you know, your first, your first instinct is to go to the white hat, get, get eye contact, right? Make eye contact with them, tap yourself on the chest, and there were times, Jeff, when I actually physically, you know, would would um, get the attention of the official, either grab his arm or tap him on the shoulder if he wasn't looking. Like I always made it an over-exaggerated point to report eligible because I did not want that to be number one because I didn't want Marty to be mad at me. And I don't want Coach Schottenheimer coming down on me. But number two because it's just, that's what he drilled into me, right? So I was like, how did they? How did that happen? You know, they've probably been practicing this play all week, right? For a time like this, how do you, you know, how do you forget? And then, then you go back and you see the videos that kind of like went air quote viral, right? Of him and the two, the two tackles reporting. And then you heard that the one tackle wasn't eligible because he technically was covered. So they don't even know if he's the one that did report and was he report, you know, was number 70 reporting for number 68. Like there was all these stories swirling around, like, how did this all come to this, right? Where, and two guys can report eligible. I know that was a big question people were asking. Like, can two two players did? I remember there were many games where both Ricky Siglar, number sixty six, and and me 
uh, reported eligible on, on, on plays as we both came in as, as, as uh, tank tight ends, as we used to call it. So there were, you, it is, it is possible to do that. And, and so there's just so much to unpack about what went wrong and were they trying to do the double report to create a distraction so that they didn't, you know, focus on Decker number 68 who caught the touchdown. Like Joe, when you were doing it, would you kind of, it seems like part of the issue is that maybe um, the lions were kind of trying to be surreptitiously report, like keep it kind of quiet to fool the Cowboys. Sounds like when you did it, you were not like you were, you know, trying to be pretty obvious around it. You weren't trying to keep the other team off guard, correct? No, no, we could, you know, you couldn't afford to do that, right? I mean, because, yeah. you know, with right. all the things that go wrong. And the other thing, too, Jeff, is when, you know, they do announce it on the loudspeaker. Right. And I think it's part of the rule is that they have to announce it. And, you know, there was a couple of things I listened for. I listened for, I listened to hear my name announced because it's the only time linemen ever get their name announced <laughs> for doing something good. Right. You know, it's always, you know, 73 holding 73 face mask. Right. So like to hear your to like to get your to hear your name announced on the loudspeaker was actually pretty cool, because especially when we did it at home, because it was like a little bit of a, ah, you know, a little bit of a crowd thing. Right. So, so I, I, I remember watching games when you would be announced, and we'd all get excited, you know, because especially my family, you had the pen connection and stuff like that was a big deal because you're like, oh, man, <laughs> this might be a, one of his four touchdowns that he catches. Yeah. So, so like you listen for your name getting announced. And the one thing that I, I kind of tweeted out um, was I always listened for that. And the, and the interesting thing is I never didn't hear my name get announced. Uh-huh. So, or my number, like I never, didn't hear it. I know that's a double negative, but like I, I always heard my name. So it wasn't like I can't, I could play armchair quarterback and say, what if I hadn't heard my name announced? Like, what would I have done? So it's easy for me to say, well, I would have like popped up and gone back to the official and said, Hey, don't forget Mr. Official. I'm in like, so it's, it's hard for me to say what I would have done. My gut is telling me based on the fact that I reported so many times in my career, I mean, Jeff, because there were times where I played tight end and I had uh-huh, to report right. eligible. Right. So I remember getting like 20 or 30 snaps at tight end against the Chargers in San Diego when we played the Chargers in San Diego one game because I was the second tight end. So anytime we would go to tight end formation, it wasn't even I wasn't even trying to be a big, you know, extra lineman coming in for goal line. It was I was playing tight end. So, a lot of conversations with the ref right there. That, that game and every time, you know, I had to do it. I had to go up and do it. So, you know, I, I and there were times where in games where I would do that multiple times um, to fill in as, as a backup tight end. So, you know, I, I can't imagine if I didn't hear my name get announced that I wouldn't at least <clears throat> go up to the official and say, hey, hey, I'm, I'm eligible, right? I, I, at least I can play armchair quarterback and say that I would have. So if if the Lions lineman didn't hear his number get called, and he wasn't somebody who was used to that happening because apparently he he was not normally the guy because usually it was seventy that reported eligible not at least Decker, from everything that I right, everything right, that Decker the guy who caught the pass right right and so he was really the the I'm going to use my own I'm talking about myself in the third person he was the Joe Valerio of the Lions like he was the guy that always reported eligible right and. That I think was part of the deception that they were trying to do is is just kind of like hide 68. And it was funny because Nate Bacotti today on 810 on the radio, he was asking like, 
you know, he, he was talking about how his dad used to wonder, like, why do we have this rule? Like, it's silly uh, to even have the right, rule, but you, right. ha- you have to have it, Jeff. And I explained that to the guys on the radio this morning. Like, you 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 have to have that rule or it would be chaos. Like, you, you can't just line up eligible if you have an ineligible number because the defense wouldn't know where to align. They wouldn't know where to set the defense. They wouldn't know who's going out for a pass, whether it's a lineman or receiver or the quarterback. Like, it would be a mess. So it's why they have the rule in place. And so I know why they have the rule and I, and I respect the rule for that reason. But the fact that it got all botched up and, you know, even though it did look like both 68 and 70 went over and reported, like, we don't know, you know, we don't know the exact wording. Right. That you don't, unless we actually hear some, some audio from the, the ref, we don't know what, what they said, um, what the ref heard, that said, Joe, what what do you think happened in Lions in the Lions Cowboys game? And do you think it was you know adjudicated correctly? Do you think that Decker um, did report? Maybe the referee didn't hear him, or do you think accidentally the other lineman um, seventy reported and Decker did not? Or is there something I'm missing that some scenario that un- unfolded that was different than either of those? Yeah, well, to, just to start the that part of the conversation, Jeff, the, the interesting thing is that I think number 70 ended up not being eligible because he was covered. Right. Ah, I mean, that's every, what everybody was saying is he was, he was actually, and he was in, he, if he had reported eligible and then became an ineligible receiver, that's illegal too. Right. So, so we don't know if that played into it as well, but what I think happened is I think they both, approached the referee and I think they were trying to be a little bit keep things you know kind of confusing to the defense Uh where you've got two linemen going Uh over to the official here's what I think happened and I'm this is total speculation and I had you know I've read a lot about this and, and everything and all everybody's little testimony I think 70 didn't report and I think 68 did they were trying to both go over to the official so to confuse the defense. The official announced that 70 was eligible because it just was he's got two big giant guys right, standing in front right. of him, right? He's got two 300 pound dudes in front of him and he's getting all confused. He announces 70, doesn't announce 68. And at that point, when Decker 68 is is the eligible receiver, goes out and catches it, it's too late. It's too late for him to go back and say, Well, you know what? He didn't report. And, and I'm going to just give them the two point conversion because it's not like a reviewable play, right? They're not going to go to any kind of video or audio, right? Once they announce it, it's also too late, right? Like Decker couldn't have come over and said, Hey, no, no, I was the one who said I was eligible. Could he have done that? Yeah. As long as he's not in his stance, right? As long as if, if he's listening for the announcement, which it is hard to hear, you know, the, 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 the stadium, um, audio announcer is really hard to hear the PA announcer. a big moment like that end of the game, you know, like big playoff seating on the, on the line, Saturday night, primetime game. Right. You know. In, Dallas, In right? Dallas. So, so you know that the crowd was probably really loud trying to distract the quarterback and everything, um, you know, down, especially in the end zone, right. Cause it gets loud down there in the end zone. And I think it just was a matter of confusion. That's my, that's my conspiracy theory on what happened. And then at that point, it was just too late to go back. And um, 
you know, great conversation to talk about though, right? It's because it was, because it was, it was, so, it has such implications now, right? I mean, it, 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 it could keep the Lions from getting the number two seed. Like it, 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 there's just so many things that, that are playing into it. Again, Jeff, it comes back to the officiating, right? One okay. more, one more black mark and black eye on this, this year's officiating cruise. Joe, this was two last notes on this, and then we'll obviously move on to this is believe in Chiefs, not believe in uh, eligible receivers. <laughs> but, but the crude speed of the officiating, the crew called this, this is Brad Allen's crew, same crew who officiated Chiefs Packers. So they called that yep. late hit on Mahomes that I thought was questionable. And they obviously did call the obvious pass interference on MVS. Um, Joe, last thing here. So I like as soon as this happened, I'm like, oh man, I gotta text Joe. Like if you see him, if he's watching, because you know, uh, whenever I think of eligible receiver, I think of you did you was your phone kind of blow it up? Were, were a lot of people texting, calling, emailing, whatever uh, about this? Yeah, I got you know the initial blast. Uh, the first couple of texts were wow, big man touchdown, you know, uh-huh. and, and every, cause I always get that like anytime, yeah. anytime, you know, uh, a tackle or a lineman scores, I always get that initial. And then I started getting the, whoa, 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 you know, <laughs> back it up. Like what the yeah. heck just happened? Like Joe, did that ever happen to you? Did you ever not report? <laughs> did you, you know? And I just said, you know what? I, I'll tell you it, the first time I wouldn't have reported would have been the last time I reported <laughs> because coach Schottenheimer, like that was something that was like, so ingrained in me and from him and he just, you know, cause he was a preparation guy, you know, like it was always go up, do it. I did it at practice. Even if it was just a casual walkthrough, he always made sure that I reported to somebody and, and, and you know, whether it was tugging on somebody's arm just so that if, you know, I could, uh, you know, just so that if, if, if it ever came up, I could always say, Hey, I did, this is what I did, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was a lot of a lot of activity there for that <laughs> happening, and then and then the question started. So it's been fun to talk about, you know, not not so much fun that you know they nullified a, what could have been an awesome two point conversion for for alignment and and maybe took away something from the Lions that they kind of deserved, but you know, awesome in the fact that it was uh, I was able to offer some insights to it. Yeah, really great insight there, Joe. Well, with the NFL playoffs right around the corner. And the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile versions, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50%. Welcome, bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Joe, Chiefs, Bengals. The Chiefs obviously win, um, capturing an amazing eighth. Uh, the win clinched their eighth straight AFC West title. Uh, the what really stood out for me, I thought Willie Gay's stop on the fourth and one, where he just fired it, fired through, um, stopped the Bengals. I thought that was a key play of the game. Second key play, I thought, you know, you Joe, you've been you've been pounding your fist on the table saying Rasheed Rice needs more targets, needs to be the number one. Well, that 67 yarder was the 
longest play offensive play of the year for the Chiefs in in really a, a dimension the offense hasn't had. And lastly, um, really positive side how well Isaiah Pacheco played. Like he didn't look right versus the Raiders, and I was worried that you know he would, had just had that shoulder surgery, and I'm like, geez, he's been operated on twice on that shoulder. I don't know if he's ever going to be the same. Well, he looked great versus the Bengals. Career high, 130 rushing yards. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry. He had one carry that was 37 yards, and he even had a team high seven receptions. So, Joe, those are my kind of takeaways from the uh, Bengals win. Oh yeah, Jeff, you nailed it. I, I there's really not not there's really nothing I can add to it to be honest. I mean, you you nailed on all the high points and the things we've been kind of talking about and how. You know, number one, this defense, right? The fact that, you know, they are 8-0 when when the Chiefs score 21 points or more, right? So that tells you more that tells you more about the defense than it does about the offense, to be honest. I mean, Uh in my opinion, in my opinion, it tells me that, you know, that's all the Chiefs have to score to win football games. And that is a testament to this defense and how well they're playing, right? against some good teams, Jeff, those eight, no, those eight wins where they scored 21 points were, were, you know, they're, they're all good in the NFL, right? It's good. There's all great teams. So I think, I think, you know, when you look at that, to me, that's, that's number one. And and that sort of goes back to the stop, right. To the Willie Gay stop and, and what, how important and impactful that was uh, to get the momentum going. So this defense is winning ball games as the offensive momentum starts to go. You know, you and I have been talking about it now for, gosh, Jeff, it's got to be what, a good six, seven weeks now, right? Like, go with Rasheed Rice. Go with the number one. It's going to open things up. You've been calling it, yeah. And I think, I think you know, week after week, we're starting to see that that it really is, you know, Rasheed Rice is, is he's got to be the number one, right? He's got to be the number one. And for them to then, it opens things up for, you know, the big catch by Justin Watson, right? Um, the the Isaiah Pacheco, you know, seven uh, targets and seven receptions, right? Noah Gray, Travis Kelsey spreading the ball around. Like they've got to do that if they're going to, they've got to go with somebody that the defense needs to look at during the week and say, okay, who are we bracketing? Who do we need to watch? Who's going to run this pattern? Who's going to run that pattern? And and the more that they can let that be one person, the better off they're going to be because then it's going to open things up. It's not that they have a group of receivers that don't know how to catch the ball. I know people could yell at me for saying that because they have a lot of drops. But look, it's still a very veteran group that they do have when they're all healthy. And and so if they can just get it to, to Rasheed and they can make him the number one, it's going to do great things for Travis. It's going to do great things for Justin Watson. It's going to do good things for MBS, Tony, when he's back. Right. And, and it just, it just gives me that confidence and it's going to, and it's going to make the running game go when Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco can do it too. Right. So the thing that I'll kind of go into a little bit of a segue of a comment that I wanted to make on this pod is my worry is they seem to have things going now. They've got Rasheed Rice as their main target. It's going to open things for Travis. It's going to take the pressure off of him. Isaiah seems to be getting into form. The defense is playing fantastic. 
Patrick didn't make any mistakes, right? He, he, you know, no picks, no turnovers, right? He had, um, he had the fumble. I mean, that was more on the offensive line than Patrick. He did have the, the, the strip fumble or whatever. But yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. But overall, that's, I, I that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's a good, good point, Jeff. And that's that is you know, can't I can't you can't deny that. But like, it's it's you know, not he didn't have the the weird mistake where they were you know they were trying oh, totally. the, right. the wacky right. play down on their right. own ten yard line and you know they just did they played fundamental football and and I think I'm I'm so torn right now, so torn about where this team has been this season and taking this bye week off now that they've literally locked up the three seed. There's literally nothing the Chiefs can do that can improve their position. And there's also nothing they can do to control who they play, mm-hmm. right? So it all comes down to, you know, I, I was talking with, with, on A10 this morning about the whole – you know, uh, crazy spreadsheet that I saw that was like had all of the machinations of of if this team wins and if the Bills win, if the Miami wins, if Indy wins, if Houston wins, like who they can play. And you know, it's down to the the usual suspects, right? That that they could play. Um, Buffalo, Miami. I think they have a. There's an outside chance they could play Indy. There's an outside chance they could play uh, Houston. Um, but there's, you know. There's nothing they can do. So I have a feeling they're going to rest everybody. Like I, Andy loves bye weeks. He's good after bye weeks, but I'm concerned that it, it might affect the momentum that they have going right now. That's my only concern about them all resting, which as a player, listen, I'm going to take the rest over the momentum. Joe, I, I think they rest you. That's just been Andy Reid's MO of what he's done. Most memorably, um, Alex Smith didn't play Patrick Mahomes. That was his first start and start in Denver. looked really good, and that kind of set the, the course for the, the next era of Chiefs football. So I think he does that too. One of the interesting things, Joe, I was just looking this up, Travis Kelsey, that would, that would end his 1,000-yard receiving streak. He has, Joe, he has eight straight 1,000-yard um, seasons, which is – just an insane number for um, a tight end, considering um, that nobody. Um, well, I'm sorry, he would be. He's had seven consecutive um, thousand yards. This would be in his eighth. But no, no other tight end in the NFL history has more than three. So he's already shattered the rat record. But that'd be crazy if that's kind of what stops it. Is is um, you know, and and says something that that's been one of their issues. Kelsey, I think, is still the best tight end in football, but that that just shows it there. He hasn't been otherworldly like he has in the past. So I, I think you do. This this team also looked a little beat up and stuff. So I I do think that is the right play, and and certainly just the risk avoidance. Yeah, you might hurt momentum a little bit after a nice win, but man, can you imagine if they got somebody? Hurt, you know, a major player hurt. I'm going to take a quick break here. Uh, Joe, do you think that this Bengals win shows the Chiefs are kind of, I think they're kind of back? Well, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's a win. It's a win against a good team. And I thought, I thought, I thought the Bengals played pretty well. I, I, I they, def- well, obviously they were playing for something, right? I mean, there was, right. a, there was obviously a mathematical chance that, that they could be, um, 
you know, they could still be in, in, in the playoff hunt if they, if they win that game. So of course they're going to, they're going to pull out, you know, all the stops, especially on the road. I thought they played pretty well. I thought Jake Browning showed himself as a pretty darn good um, backup quarterback. Um, right. Yeah. Who who might, you know, might get a little play here and there if he, you know, if Burrow gets hurt again and 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 he, you know, I, I don't know what Jake Browning's uh, contract looks like, but you know, he's a guy that I think showed some things that you know he might get a play somewhere eventually. Um, you know, Joe Mixon, you and I have always talked about whenever we play the Bengals, he's, he's scary. He can be scary. Um, and, and, you know, he, you know, he, he had a pretty decent game. So, you know, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's a good win against a, an eight and eight team that is still the Cincinnati Bengals. Like they're not, you know, Joe Burrow is, yeah, he's their franchise and, and, you know, he's their, he's their go-to guy the same way that almost you have to admit that Patrick Mahomes is for the chiefs, but like, still a good team and and so i'm going to give the chiefs some credit for for winning that game and and say that i'm not saying they're like jeff because i still don't what i don't get from this team that i've always gotten in the past or at least in the recent past is this confidence that they can score on literally every drive of the game right like i literally used to think and i and, and again not because I was just being a Chiefs homer and you know rooting for my old team or whatnot. Um, I literally used to feel like they could score on any possession. Can be honest, like you know, to make an analogy to the Chiefs or to the Eagles, I was thinking I used to think the same thing about the Eagles last year. This team can score on any drive, like just you know, you know. And I used to think the same thing for the Chiefs. I don't get that. I'm not getting it from the Eagles either, but I don't get that from the Chiefs right now. It's almost as if I'm more on the on the side of well, we're probably just going to get a couple three and outs and and then we'll score. Like it's it's weird how that yeah. narrative has flipped right. and 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 it's a very uncomfortable feeling for Chiefs fans to have that. And I can see why they would be frustrated. And look, you know, t- in talking to Chiefs fans, you know, you got to say, listen, put it all in perspective. You know, this is a team that's been to to three uh, out of the last four Super Bowls. You know, one, two, like take a deep breath, right? Like this is, you know, this is, this is what football, this is what football in the NFL is all about. So that's a long answer to a short question. Um, I do think it was a great win, a good win, but I, I still don't think like we're back. It was the step in the right direction we needed based on where we are. And that's why I'm, even though Jeff, I do agree that we need to rest the players and they need to treat this like a bye week. It is frustrating to see. I, I, I would just, you know, I almost wish the Chiefs were playing for the two seed. Like, I, I wish they were playing for something just so they could keep that momentum yeah. going. But I know they're not, and and I know that they're going to rest. Regarding whether, whether the Chiefs are, are back, Joe, I'm with you. I, you know, this is a nice win against a solid, not spectacular Bengals team. I mean, we know, look, we know it's as, as good as Browning is, and he – Joe, it's interesting. He's an exclusive rights guy um, with one year on his contract. So I'm sure he's made himself a lot of money. It'll be interesting to see if somebody tries to pick him up. Maybe even he becomes a starter next year. But, you know, so it's a a solid team, a solid win. I still think, still see some of the same limitations. I really see this as I'd be, I, I think the Chiefs have a narrow window of kind of outlook. Like I'd be, surprised 
if they lose in the first round, and I'd be surprised if they make it to the Super Bowl. I think they're I mean, I think their outlook looks somewhere like they get to the divisional round, they get to the AFC championship game, somewhere in there. I think that's the type of team. Now, you never know what happens. I mean, crazy things, injuries, uh things like that. Um, but that that's still kind of the team I see. And you know, the matchups, Joe, we, we don't know what the matchups will be. The key game, that Sunday night game, uh Buffalo and Miami will tell mm-hmm. a lot. That that determines the AFC and really that that second seed. Um if Miami wins at home, there's a good chance the Chiefs could host the Bills. Boy, that which it would be a tough, that'd be a very tough um week one game. If the opposite happens, and I, I kind of think the Bill, I really like this Dolphins team, but they've now lost they lost Bradley Chubb uh to a toward ACL. The the Dolphins, people overlook how good a defense this is, but mm-hmm. they've lost Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, two really good edge rushers for the season. And I think without those guys, they're not the same team. There's a there's a very real chance they lose to the Bills and the Chiefs host them. Boy, would that be fun is a fun yeah. match with Tyree Kill for first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and I think, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I remember looking at the spreadsheet, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think there's a mathematical chance that we could play everybody except for the Ravens and the Browns. I think the Browns have completely locked up, like, exactly. the five seed, I think, right? right? They're, they're so the best, the best of the uh, of the wild. The Browns have the, are the best of the wild card team, and the Ravens, like you said, have locked up. Yeah. Um, one so but, any but, the Joe yeah, Flacco, the Joe Flacco teams are are locked in. <laughs> there you go. But the but the fact that, that the the Dolphins haven't locked in the two, I think, gives gives the Chiefs the opportunity, mathematical opportunity, depending on who wins and who loses of every single team that's in the playoffs, other than the Ravens and the Browns. Yeah. So that's that's going to be interesting for for Chiefs fans to see, like. You know who who is you know who who do we want to play and I, and I know that's probably you know well I guess we'll kind of know after for the next pod so maybe that's you know something we we can just chat about now for a second is like who who would we want to see like who who would you want to see them play I mean obviously you talked about how you'd like to see this Dolphins team maybe how you'd it's not like to see well, them play the yeah Bills. I mean I don't I think that would be a tough game I just think that would be fun Joe yeah, I was also yeah. gonna I didn't have time today I was gonna print out on a big big spreadsheet laminated i was gonna do my andy reed i was gonna have it like a play sheet and have it covering my <laughs> my face sadly you know i the, the day got away from me but um yeah it, it's gonna be interesting permutations and the way it is now with week 18 with the 17 game season the saturday games have a lot of playoff implication there's kind of that noon window so i don't know if i'm gonna watch football at, at noon on sunday there's all those games really are pretty meaningless yet you know, because the afternoon games, like when the Chiefs play, have more. They, they intentionally did that to like so teams couldn't watch the noon games and then sit yeah. for their three o'clock games. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, it's kind of a, a, a weird, different deal the, with this 18, 18 um, week schedule, seventeen actual games. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and and I think the only you know the only reason I will be super anxious to watch. The, and eager to watch the Chiefs Chargers, obviously knowing that the Chiefs can't literally, no matter what happens, can't improve their position. Um, the only reason I, I just I am curious. I, I 
I wonder, you know, the more that we've been talking today on this pod, like I, I wonder if Travis goes out for a few passes, like I yeah, to get that thousand I, yards. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he would do it for himself. I think it would be more the coaches would do it for him. Right. Cause I think, I think I really do believe that Travis is a team player and he is going to do what's right for the chiefs. And he's not going to lament it for one second if he doesn't even suit up because you know, he's, he knows that, that this is about winning a Super Bowl. It's not about individual accolades and things like that. And, and, he's, and those kind he's of already got this record of the most consecutive yeah. thousand yard seasons by a lot, by almost double. But it's just interesting, like almost unthinkable to think Travis Kelsey not having the thousand yard season. Yeah, just fifteen like, yards too, or sixteen yards, or whatever yeah, the number is. Right. Like my gosh, yeah. one one down and out. You know, <laughs> one yeah, one totally. one skinny post. He was one skinny post away from from having that record, but uh, or continuing that. But it, it will be, you know, like I look at the bottom half of the bracket, and I, I, you know, I, I would have to say, of course, to get to gain momentum, to make sure that we have momentum going. Playoffs are momentum, right? And and you want to see the better teams later than you do earlier, right? And I think the Bills are super hot right now. Um, it's it's tough to beat. A team twice, and we've already beaten the Dolphins once. Um, I just look at the other teams, and and I say, hmm, you know, I'd rather play one of the four bottom teams that are kind of looked at looked at as the bottom right now. You know, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Texans, or the Steelers, and we have the ability to play all four of them. And I, I don't know who of them I'd rather see us play, who we match up best to gain that momentum when we do face. You know, whether it's the Ravens or the Browns or the Bills or like whoever's that next team, um, I, I, you know, I, I think for me personally, you know, I, I think the Colts are probably the worst. Uh, I think the Texans have a little bit of momentum going, um, and and I, I think the the Colts are probably the worst of them all. That would yeah. would give them the you know sort of give the Chiefs the. But then I go back to that first round loss against the Colts. I, I thought, thought that might might be where you're you're going when you first said Colts. Still, it's know. still stuck in my head, Jeff. It's still stuck in my head. <laughs> I can't get out of it. You know, especially after watching Jim Harbaugh win, you know, with Michigan uh, in the last minute of a game, and uh, you know, thinking about that. So the Colts, the Colts curse. You know, you'd hate to see that come back into Arrowhead. But I think all in all, objectively, they're probably the worst of the teams that are that are left. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. And go, Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.